MoneyWeb at Midday for all your up-to-date stories. Representatives of governments and international organizations are arriving in Davos in Switzerland under the motto Rebuilding Trust. The 54th annual meeting of the World Economic Forum starts aiming to discuss what is termed the basic principles of trust, transparency, coherence and responsibility. With us now is Cusini Dlamini. He's a business leader and commentator. And first up, how can, in your opinion, that trust issue be addressed? Addressing the current trust deficit in geopolitics and geoeconomics is a very pressing challenge of our time. Needless to say, we're seeing the wars in Russia, Ukraine, and Israel and Gaza, specifically against Hamas. And I think world leaders from both business and government gathering in divorce really have to reflect and uh, think long and hard in terms of finding mechanisms to build bridges, build trust and confidence, and address the differences that we see. What we're seeing in terms of some research work done by the World Economic Forum recently, it concludes that there is an increase in the trust deficit between developing countries and developed countries. And furthermore, that within developed and within developing countries, there is also an increase in the trust deficit between the rich and the poor. So we're seeing this playing out at all levels, at a global level, regional level. So it is really fundamentally important Mm. that leaders across all sectors think long and hard in terms of putting the interest of global peace and stability and the interest of building a better world for all above all else. Among those key role players that will gather in Switzerland, do you think there's a real willingness to build the bridges or do you think that we've got to a point now where it becomes incrementally more difficult to do so? It seems to me that we don't have an option but to face up to the challenge of really, oh, how do we build trust? How do we ensure more collaboration, more cooperation and more engagement to bridge the differences? that polarize the world because if we don't do that we'll be plunged into an endless state of crisis and conflict which is not helpful from an economic point of view business cannot drive and cannot Mm. succeed in an environment where there is no peace and stability so how do you start unlocking that key then so we just need to reset our approach to leadership we need a new crop of leaders imbued with new philosophies that are deliberate and intentional in terms of building global peace and stability and in terms of strengthening the global multilateral system. What we've seen in recent years has been the rise of political populism and economic protectionism. We need a a new brand of leaders that look beyond political populism and economic protectionism to, to look at how do we unify the world, how do we use the globalization project as a force for good. We've seen a trend also in terms of the world deglobalizing. If one were to refer to global trade statistics, uh, for example, we saw trade last year, according to the World Economic Forum, increased by 0.8%, whereas the global population increased by 2.8%. In normal times and under normal circumstances, global trade should increase more than global population. But now we're seeing uh, the increase in global trade being below the increase in global population, which means that globalization is actually taking a retreat, which is something that needs to be addressed if we are to build trust.
And add to that problem, uh, as far as trade is concerned, uh, slow global economic growth and issues like rising debt and inflation. Again, it becomes increasingly more difficult for the WEF to contribute to restoring that trust in the system itself, doesn't it? It does indeed. And I think the key issue there, Jeremy, is also looking at how do we ensure inclusive growth? How do we ensure that the growth is resilient and that it is sustainable? We don't want to have a situation where a lot of people feel left behind, which is given way to political populists to take advantage of that. So the rise in inflation, rise in interest rates, which combined results in the increase in the cost of living, which is affecting most people around the world, including us here in South Africa, is something that the World Economic Forum this year has got to deliberate on and look at finding sustainable and effective solutions on. Well, let's pick up on South Africa and, for for that matter, the rest of the continent. Representation this year, I think, is fair to say that it's modest. What are the implications for the continent's role, then, in global discussions about trust and collaboration if we are not well represented? The implications are very concerning, uh, Jamie, because I think the, the Davos Forum provides an, a strategic platform for South Africa to be part of global conversations of a strategic nature. It also provides us with a platform to showcase our growth plans and the successes that we've made in implementing those growth plans. And uh, it is fundamentally important or crucially important that we have senior and strategic representation and uh, above all else that we have a, a, a very compelling story to tell that is fact-based rather than just based on throwing nice words here and there and trying to spin things from a PR point of view. Because let's not forget that economic actors have got access to very sound analysis of what's happening in most countries and regions around the world. And there's nowhere to hide in terms of not sharing honestly and openly in terms of what opportunities are and what the challenges are. And in that case, things are particularly difficult for South Africa, given that we don't have a particularly good story to tell right now, do we? I think the challenges we face, Jeremy, are not unique to us. We have a mixed bag. There are challenges, especially in the three areas that have been identified by business and government. In the area of energy, we all know what the challenges are there in freight and logistics and in the issue of crime and corruption. We have challenges there. What South Africa should be proud of is that those challenges have been identified and private-public partnerships have been set up to try and deliver workable solutions. And I think Davos provides an opportunity for Team South Africa to showcase that. And there are areas of opportunity where things are working well. If you look at our automobile manufacturing industry, Jeremy, it's one of the emblems of excellence in the global economy. You see cars driving in Europe and North America manufactured either in Newton Hague or prospecting in Deben or somewhere in Silverton in the case of Ford and BMW and East London and in the case of Mercedes-Benz. And you look at our retail industry, it's really world-class and really is outstanding by all accounts. Look at our financial services industry. We look at our media for the fourth estate. And we're able to make sure that the constitutional democracy that we have is protected because we've got a very robust and inquiring media that's constantly pushed back against uh, corruption, against uh, malfeasance and exposes wrongdoing. And we've got the judiciary that has recently also showcased itself. And above all else, what I'm also proud of, our university sector, I also happen to be the chair of the Council of the University of Pretoria. We produce world-class graduates that stand 
their own against the best from all corners of the world. Kuseni Lamini, thank you very much for talking to me.